You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. Even Paul the Apostle willingly admitted, I have not arrived yet. I'm paraphrasing. Amen. And so there's this process of transformation that you must go through after you're saved so that we might give this world a picture of Jesus Christ in the way that we live and in the way that we conduct ourselves in the way that we are a witness for Him. That we as Christians would be Christ-like people on this planet. Home remodeling and makeover shows are so popular that there are entire networks devoted to them. People love to see broken down houses transformed into something amazing. In today's message, Pastor Gary shares that God wants to renovate your life too. When you begin a relationship with God, He starts the transformative work He wants to do in your life. He'll change you from the inside out so that you can bring Him glory as you share His love with the people around you. You'll be in awe of what He does. Now, here's Pastor Gary in the book of Luke, chapter 22, as he begins his message, The Process of Transformation. Luke, chapter 22, and verse number 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that, me, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. The word converted, if looked in at Webster's 1828 English Dictionary, means to be turned or changed from one substance or state to another, to be turned from a state of sin to a state of holiness. If you look it up in the Greek, it means to revert or to come again. I want to preach for a few minutes on the process of transformation. The process of transformation. The Lord told Peter, Simon is also known as Peter in the Bible, that Satan desired to have him, that he might sift him as wheat. But Jesus told him, said, now don't worry about it, I've prayed for you. You're going to come through it okay, and when you come through it, when you're on the other side of your trial, when you have converted, that is, when you have come back a different man than you were when you went into it, then I want you to strengthen the brethren. The process of transformation. I believe that it is God's ultimate plan and goal in the life of every believer that calls on His name and trusts Him as Savior. It is His desire to get us to a point of transformation that it so completely changes who we are that He can equip us to strengthen our brethren. We are not called to live a lifetime in selfishness. We are not, uh, the Bible says, no man liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. In other, words, in other words, we are placed here for 
God's glory and for the benefit of others on this planet. And God wants to get us to a point where he can enable us to strengthen the brethren. That is to be able to effectively help one another in this journey we call life. And so this is what he is doing to Peter. And I believe Peter is a good picture of what transpires in the life of any believer that truly follows the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we all go through this process of transformation on one level or another. And some of you are in the process of transformation and you don't even know it. You haven't even recognized it. And I believe that the Holy Spirit, through the aid of this sermon, might want to give you some definition to help you better understand what is going on in your life. Because the truth is we're all going through a process of transformation. Amen? You need to understand that when you get saved, that that is not the end, but just the beginning of your walk with God. We can shout the victory and say, thank God, uh, the old account was settled long ago. Amen. I, my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm just as good for heaven as if I was already there, not because of any good that I have done, but because of the righteous blood of Christ that was shed on my behalf. And I can rejoice in that and I can thank God that I'm saved. Hallelujah. But I got a question for you. You're saved, but now what? Are you just going to rejoice in your salvation and sit a pew and wait till Jesus comes? Or are you going to allow God to work a process of transformation in you to convert you from who you were to who you need to be, to convert you from a newborn babe in Christ to a mature soldier ready to do battle in the army of the living God? You may not have realized it, but the day that you got saved, you signed up. You have, you have been drafted into the army of the living God. You may just be in boot camp this morning, but God is preparing you to do a great and mighty work for Him. And you may not reach the masses like uh, some have reached the masses. You may not be the next Billy Graham, but listen, you might be the next person to reach the next Billy Graham. God may have you specifically and strategically placed on this planet to reach one other person that could change the entire world you don't have to be the Billy Graham you just have to be where God's called you to be you just have to do what God has called you to do and God wants to work a process of transformation in all of us that he could use us as vessels not of dishonor but vessels of honor now if you're sitting here thinking to yourself I'm not there yet brother Gary I want to tell you join the club amen join the club because the truth is all of us have weaknesses all of us have frailties all of us have imperfections all of us have problems and struggles and hang-ups and snags and weights and sins that do us so easily beset us all of us have trouble on every side all of us are perplexed all of us have things that we got to deal with that hinder us from being all that God has called us to be but that should not stop us from going through this process of transformation amen so listen you're on a journey don't give up on yourself it's not you're not at the end yet 
He's still working on you. Amen. And he's still working on me. So if you're discouraged with where you are and you think I'm not near about as close to God at this point in my life as I thought I should be or thought I would be, don't get discouraged because you're in a process. And it's a lifelong process. And until you breathe your last breath or until Jesus calls you home at the sound of the trumpet, he's always going to be working on you to get you more fit and more equipped to bring more glory and honor to him. So don't be discouraged. We're all in a process. None of us have arrived. Even Paul the Apostle willingly admitted, I have not arrived yet. I'm paraphrasing. Amen? And so there's this process of transformation that you must go through after you're saved so that we might give this world a picture of Jesus Christ in the way that we live, and in the way that we conduct ourselves, in the way that we are a witness for Him, that we as Christians would be Christ-like people on this planet. And don't be discouraged. So let's, let's talk about this process for just a few moments, shall we? The first thing I want you to notice is the, Jesus told Simon, Jesus told Peter, He said, Satan hath desired to have you. First of all, the phrase to have you implies ownership. In other words, now keep in mind, I believe that if you understand the context of this passage, this is not a salvation experience that Peter is about to go through. This is a point after salvation because Peter has already followed Christ. He has already given himself to Christ. He just happened to have a blunder in his journey. He just happened to make a few mistakes along the way. And aren't you glad to know that the potter does not throw the clay away? Amen? So this is not, Jesus is not talking about a conversion experience as far as salvation is concerned. But look at what Satan is desiring. Satan is desiring to have, or that is to own Peter. Do you know what? The devil wants you to live under the impression that he is still your owner. The devil wants you to live under the impression that you are still a slave master to your sin. He still wants you to live under the impression though old things have passed away and all things have become new, though you no longer serve self and you no longer serve sin and you no longer serve Satan, the devil wants you to have the impression that he owns you. And you know what the devil's real good about? And I'm fixing to point it out to you in the scripture. He's, look, he's real good at blackmailing you. Holding that which was true about you against you. So that he might try to convince you that you're owned, buddy. You are manipulated. He can play you like a pawn because if you ever step out and try to do something for God, the first thing he'll do is try to pull up your list of dirty laundry that's in your past. He wants to convey to you the idea that he owns you, that he can control you, that he can hold you down because of something that you've done or somewhere that you went that you shouldn't have gone. And, and Jesus told Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you. But now, something interesting about that word desire. Satan hath desired. That literally means to demand for trial. In other words, Satan has demanded to put your character and your life on trial. Did you know that Satan has demanded to put you on trial? 
to put your character on trial. Satan is doing his dead level best to convince you and everybody in your life that you are not worthy to serve God. That you are not fit to serve God. That you might as well sit down and shut up and let somebody else do it because you have no business after what you've been through and after what you've done and after what was done to you that you of all people should be the last person to stand up and to volunteer to serve God. He hath, he hath demanded to put you on trial. So the first thing you must do in this process of transformation is number one, you must learn to deal with the demands of life. Life is demanding. And did you know that Satan is very demanding? Mm-hmm. You've got to learn how to deal with the wiles of the devil. The demands that he tries to place on you. The Bible says that we are to take the shield of faith wherewith we shall quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. And there are demands that will be put on you through the trials of life. The demands of life that will put your character on trial. That will test you down to your soul. That will try and prove who you are or who you're not. And what I see a lot of times in the life of Christians today is we are put on trial. We are, our souls are tried. Our character is tried. And we're put under uh, all kinds of pressure to respond right and to do right and to live right. And, 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 and a lot of times we cave under pressure. And a lot of times we're not able to stand, withstand the heat of the demands of life. And so what we end up doing, what we end up doing is giving up. We say, you know, I just can't handle this. This is just too much for me. I, I just don't know what else I can do, Lord. And the Lord wants to teach us how to deal with the demands of life as stressful as they are, as challenging as they are. First of all, the Lord wants you to know that you're going to make it if you don't quit. If you don't give up, if you just keep giving it to Him and keep trusting Him, no matter how strong the demands of life may be on you, that God will strengthen you and He will withhold you, amen. He will, he will sustain you in your trial. You know what? He wants to get us to the point to where Job was at. The Bible tells us about Job after his great trial in chapter 1. In verse 20, it said, Then Job rose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. Wow. How do you respond to the demands of life? Are you a worshiper or a whiner? And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the Bible said, in all this, Job sinned not, watch this next part, nor charged God foolishly. I'm talking about the process of transformation. Number one, God wants to teach you how to deal with the demands of life. He wants to teach you how to worship Him instead of whining. Amen. And he wants you to teach you the proper perspective that the Lord is ultimately in control of it all and he is worthy of your praise whether you have any clothes on your back or not. He is worthy of your loyalty whether you are in the, in the valley down low or on the mountain on top. That he is worthy. 
To deal appropriately with the demands of life is one of the goals that God has to teach us so that when trials come, let come what may, that we will respond appropriately, that we will exhibit the character of Christ, that though we stare at our cross and we know our cross is headed our way and we're headed up our Golgotha, so to speak, and we know that many trials and tribulations will come because of the Word in our life and because we're serving God, that we'll still carry our cross, that we'll still follow Jesus. How many Christians do we have today that respond appropriately to the demands of life. To the demands that we are put up under. Not only by our God, but by our enemy. It's tough when your enemy's laughing at you. It's tough when your enemy is threatening you. It's tough when you have something threatening your very existence or your very prosperity or your very ability to provide for your family. It's tough when you have giants in the land that are threatening your very existence. Your health is deteriorating. Uh, You've about lost your mind. Your family's gone crazy. It's tough when you face the demands of life and you're still expected to serve God faithfully. But that's the kind of Christian that God wants to produce in every one of us. The kind of Christian that will persevere, that will endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He will teach you how to wage war, amen, and win every time. That don't matter what comes your way, whether you're popular or whether they hate you, you're still going to serve God because you're not serving people anyway, you're serving God. You're still going to serve God anyway because you're not serving the almighty dollar, you're serving the true and living God. God wants to teach us how to deal with the demands of life appropriately. This is part of the process of transformation. The Bible said in Job 23 and verse 10, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. That's the attitude that will help you deal with appropriately with the demands of life if you will always remember that in the end you're going to shine like gold you can make it through whatever hell is thrown at you in life to know that God has a way of producing the best possible outcome out of the worst possible situations You just study the pattern of God in the history of his people. There's always this pattern where there's there's guts and then there's glory. Amen. There's trouble and then there's triumph. God always takes what the enemy meant for evil and flips it around and, and, and does something superb with it. And you've got to understand that though he slay you, that you can still trust in him. And that when he has tried you, you shall come forth as gold. You may not be there today, and neither am I. But one day after a while, children of God, we're going to shine like gold if we will learn how to deal appropriately with the demands of life. Isn't that good? It's a process. It's a process. You tell yourself that. Remind yourself of that. When you get discouraged in the way, remind yourself this is a process. This is not an overnight occurrence. It ain't going to happen overnight. It ain't going to happen in an hour. It ain't going to happen in a sermon. It's not going to happen in one invitation, one trip down to the altar. It's a lifetime process, but God wants to teach you how to deal appropriately with the demands of life. And you, if you can do that, then you're well on your way to, in your journey to where God wants to take you. Now, the second thing. 
He said, Satan hath desired to have you, watch this next part, that he may sift you as wheat. I looked up the Greek word for the word sift, and it gave me the word riddle, to riddle you. Then, then I had to go and look at, look at the uh, definition of the word riddle, and listen to this, this is very revealing. A riddle was an instrument for cleaning grain. Being a large scythe with a performed, excuse me, a perforated button, listen, which permits the grain to pass through it, but retains the chaff. It was an instrument, a riddle was literally an instrument that separated the wheat from the chaff. But what was interesting about the riddle is it, it was not preserving the wheat, it was preserving the chaff. And when Jesus told Peter, said, Satan hath desired you that he might sift you, that he might riddle you, what he was actually saying is Satan has desired to separate the bad and the good in your life, not to dispose of the chaff and store the grain, but to dispose of the grain and to store the chaff. In other words, Satan wants to take all your dirty mess and keep it before your eyes and remind you of who you were before Christ found you, remind you of who you were before the blood of Christ touched your life. And if he could keep you in that state of mind and keep you confused about who you are he can literally own you he can literally control you Satan see he wants to point out the chaff in your life and he's done a very good job at it because most Christians they don't serve God because of something some chaff in their past that the devil continually reminds them of and need I say sometimes the brethren remind them of are you a riddle in the lives of your brethren and sisters? Are you the one that preserves the chaff and holds it over their head and reminds them of how low down and no account and sorry they are and why they can't serve God? Then you're doing Satan's bidding. Because that's what Satan desires to do, is to hold the chaff over you and say, you can't do anything for God. You're not worthy to do anything for God. Look at your past. Look at who you are. Look at where you came from. You're hopeless. You're helpless. You're worthless. And the devil does a good job at discarding the wheat, discarding the good stuff and highlighting the bad stuff and focusing on the bad stuff. And he'll get you so distraught and so discouraged and so worried about what you've done, you'll forget about all the good that God has done in your life and that's what Jesus meant when he told Peter that Satan desired to have him that he might sift him and Satan desires to separate the good and the bad and, and, and elevate the bad and, and point out to, say, uh, to, to Peter that he is not worthy to serve Christ so number two in this process of transformation you must learn to deal with the disappointments of life the disappointments, particularly those disappointments that you put on yourself. The greatest disappointments to deal with are those when you disappoint yourself, when you disappoint your family, when you disappoint your church, when you disappoint your Savior. And see if you understand, Peter was fixing to deny Christ three times that he even knew him. That was the depth that Satan was going to take Peter. And Peter, the Bible said, after he heard the cock throw, a crow thrice, he wept bitterly. Why did he weep? 
I'll tell you why he wept. Because he saw the chaff. It completely caught him by surprise. Even though Jesus had forewarned him that he was going to do it, Peter was not convinced. Peter was convinced that he was Superman spiritually. He was convinced that he was ready to go all the way to the grave with Jesus. He told Jesus that, said, No, Lord, though they will slay me, I will not deny thee. And then, lo and behold, what did he end up doing? He ended up doing that which he thought he was never capable of. Have you ever made a mistake after you were saved that you thought that you would never be capable of? That is what Satan wants to hold over your head. That is what Satan wants you to identify yourself as. But see, you need to understand something. Your failure does not define who you are. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to share these with your friends and family, too. This could be a great way to start a conversation about Christ and study the Word together. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to request prayer, please get in touch with Pastor Gary by emailing contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L dot com. True North is a ministry of Gary Cottle Ministries. You can find out more by visiting our website, garycoddle.com. Would you like to come worship with Pastor Gary? Simply visit garycoddle.com for more details on where he pastors and how you can plan a visit. If you're not in the area, we still encourage you to find a local church body where you can learn from God's Word and spend time with other believers. It will be a place for you to grow in faith, find support, and serve in ways you are uniquely designed to. With that, our time with you has come to a close today. Join Pastor Gary next time for more right here on True North.